here is today's gospel. It's from the sixth chapter of Mark, beginning with the 30th verse. The apostles then rendezvoused with Jesus and reported on all that they had done and taught. And Jesus said, come on, let's go by ourselves and let's take a break and get a little rest. For there was constant coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. So they got in a boat, and they went off to a remote place by themselves. And someone saw them coming, and word got around. And from the surrounding towns, people went out on foot, running, and got there ahead of them. And by the time Jesus had arrived, he saw this huge crowd. At the sight of them, his heart broke. Like a sheep with no shepherd, they were. And he went right to work, teaching them. When his disciples thought this had gone on long enough, it was now quite late in the day, and they interrupted. We are a long way out in the country, and it's very late. So pronounce the benediction and send these folks home so they can get some supper. And Jesus said, don't have to do that. You fix supper for them. And they replied, you want us to do what? Are you serious? You want us to go and spend a fortune of food on their supper? But he was quite serious. How many loaves of bread do you have? Take an inventory. Well, that didn't take long. We have five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus got them all to sit down in groups of 50 or 100. And he looked like a patchwork quilt of wild flowers spread out on the green grass. He took the five loaves to two fish lifted his face to heaven in prayer, blessed and broke, and gave the bread to the disciples. The disciples in turn gave it to the people. They did the same with the fish, and they ate their fill. The disciples gathered 12 baskets of leftovers. More than 5,000 were fed. <laughs> oh. So, Pastor, why did you pick this as one of the hard sayings of Jesus? Because if you notice in the bulletin, I didn't pick what Jesus said. I picked what they said to Jesus. Because the actual hard saying here is, they came to Jesus with a problem. Amen? It was right on the edge of being a catastrophe. A, a marketing screw-up. Because here Jesus, the guy who is the hero, the guy who the community loves, is about to be screwed over because these people are hungry and they got nothing to eat. And the disciples, as you know, because you've all been part of these groups, right, where they sat there and said, man, we didn't plan this very well. Next time we need to, we need to set the agenda better. I, who thought they were going to stay this late we were going to have to come up with food? Amen? You know where that conversation's happened. Have you ever been married? Ever been to a wedding? Ever been to a big event at uh, where you work? There's all kinds of planning that goes into how long is this going to last? How many people are going to be there? And most importantly, how the hell are you going to feed them? Because we all know that the most important thing in life is what? Eating. It is how we live. It is how we get energy. So 
the hard saying here is what? It's when they complain that we need to get rid of these people. Jesus says, no, you take care of it. Now that becomes a hard saying. Because how many times, folks, think about this now, get a hold of this, how many times have you gone to God and said, God, I need, and God said, take care of it. Hmm. You can handle this. You can take care of this. And of course, what's the story here? I, you know, because I know somebody sat there and said, well, now, Pastor, are you gonna, you're going to talk about the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. I said, well, why is it a miracle? Well, because 5,000 people got fed with five loaves of bread and two fish. And that's not the point of this story. That's not why Mark tells this story. There is a much deeper meaning. And it all starts with that question that Jesus asked them when they come to him saying, you got to get rid of these people. Have I said that enough times yet for you to catch on what was going on? Remember, the disciples were with Jesus because they were, in their hearts, they were good folk, right? I mean, they saw something in Jesus, and they wanted to help him. As a matter of fact, if we read this story in context, they were getting together to what? To give Jesus their reports from when he had sent them out. Y'all remember that story, right? Where he sends them out and he says, don't take anything with you. Yeah. So now they're coming back. And apparently, some really cool stuff had happened. And so they're trying to tell them about it. But, you know, this is Jesus. So they can't get any, any time with him. Amen? I've had that happen. Back in the days when I was with MCC, I was on Troy Perry's uh, security detail when we were at general conferences trying to get 30 seconds with that man to explain something was difficult why because there were all these people that were constantly coming up oh excuse me blah 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 oh excuse me blah 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 and you know Troy he wanted to answer everybody well Jesus wasn't any different and finally Jesus catches on that, that his disciples are trying to tell him a story and they're not able to get out what they need to get out. So he says, you know what? Let's go over here. And then you all can tell me what's happened. Well, what, man, what happens? They know more than get there. And everybody in the area, I don't know, maybe they left Atlanta and went to Roswell. You know? Or they got in the boat and they went down to Chattahoochee. And I don't know, where's the Chattahoochee end? So whatever town it ends at. And they get off the boat, and my God, there are all kinds of people there. Why? Because somebody saw them coming, right? And immediately ran into town and said, you know who's on his way here? Jesus is coming, man. And Jesus gets out of the boat and sees all these people. And don't you love the way Mark puts this? Because these people were definitely out in the country and apparently um, kind of separated from the, the way things were going in the big city. And he kind of looked at them as they're all gathering there, waiting to hear from him. And he's like, damn, these people have got no leadership at all. Well, let's start talking to them about how they can have a relationship with God. And you know how it is with Jesus. It ain't different. 
pastors are just like Jesus. They start talking about something and they keep talking. Amen? He had a captive audience. Amen? They were listening. They were responding. And, the, and, 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 and again, if you read the story, what happens to the disciples? There comes a point where the disciples hit a wall. They're all looking at their watches. In our case, they're looking at their phones. Right? Oh, man. What, ti what time does the Falcons play today? Yeah, come on, come on, preacher. Get to the point. Get to the point. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, let's see. The vicar always says, listen, the pastor will only be on time when he has to umpire. Mm -hmm. Amen? You know? So the disciples have now hit a wall. And they have heard all these stories before. So we have gone from in attitude. Okay, here's some people coming to listen to Jesus. We can recruit some people, get some help for the ministry. Think about that. Because I know every one of you have thought about that at one point or another. We need more people at church. Amen? You know, Pastor, are we ever going to grow? Are we ever going to get beyond who sits in this pavilion? Come on. We need more people. So they were, they were right in it. I wonder who, who's going to be the next star that comes out of this group. But then they hit a wall. They'd heard it all before, and one of them sat there and said, and who do you think said this? Now, you know, I'm kind of making this up because I wasn't there, and we don't have it in Scripture. But out of all the disciples, who do you think leaned over to one of the other disciples and said, we got to get rid of these people? Huh? Hell no, it's probably Peter. Peter was in charge of Jesus. PR. You know, he was kind of pushing around. And I'm sure that at that point, because he was so aggressive, it was like he started counting heads. Have you seen how many people are out here? How much food have we got? We haven't got a lot of food. And you know, guys, this is going to become chaotic. We got a problem. Okay, well, let's freeze frame that for a moment. And let's come up to the 21st century. Oh, let's say the General Spirit Christian Church. Pastor, do you know that what you want to do with this church is beyond our means? We have not got the resources. We can't afford to get too big. Because quite frankly, we're barely making it on what we got. I don't know. I kind of find it ironic how well that fits our story today. That the disciples are saying the same thing. I just wish I was as smart as Jesus. Because when they finally go to him, when he took a break in his teaching and they said, hey, man, look. I, and they tried to handle it diplomatically, did they not? Ah, it's late. How many of you have done that to your pastor? Uh, it's late. And there's a whole bunch of people out there and they need to go home for supper. And probably one of the other disciples sitting there that never gets heard but wanted to make sure he was heard at this point sat there and said, yeah, and we ain't got enough food for him. 
And now comes the lesson. Because if you think the lesson is the miracle, you're wrong. The lesson is what he said to them was, you feed them. You feed them. What are we going to do about homelessness? You take care of it. What are we going to do about joblessness? You take care of it. Now that means you've got to get a whole bunch of crap out of the way. Right? And that becomes the second part of this lesson. Because Jesus' next question to them, after they sat there and said, Are you crazy? We cannot do this. I remember, Alice, you remember this? The first week, when we started doing hygiene kits, Right? And somebody said, how many kits do we need to make? And I said, nah, 500. And somebody from the other end of the table sat there and said, we don't need that many. That's going to take too long. Then somebody else said, well, I don't know if we have enough product. You know, this church does some godlike things by accident sometimes. Because we ended up not only being able to make 500 kits almost every time we do this, but we managed to find places where they need to go. Amen? Well, that's the point, the second point, to Jesus saying, you feed them. And they, after they sat there, they said, well, how the hell are we going to do that? And he said, well, let's take inventory on what you got. You see... We have a dangerous mindset in the world that we live in today. And that is, it's, 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 it's a mindset of, um, I don't have enough. That's the lesson that, of this hard saying. Is people sat there and looked at Jesus and said, hey, I get it, but we don't have enough. How many times have you heard it in this church? Hey, pastor, I get it, but we don't have enough. So what happens is that we need to stop and hear the question of Jesus. What do you got? What do you have? Because I guarantee whatever you have is enough. Whatever you have is enough. That is the lesson of this feeding of the 5,000. It's not this big-ass miracle that evangelists try to do so that they can pull in all kinds of money to their church and talk about how miraculous they are. It is about moaning and groaning about the fact that we cannot do God's work. And when we complain about doing God's work, God says to us, you can do this. By the way, what do you got? What do you got, Mike? What do you got, Dana? What do you got, Calvin? I sat with somebody in, in a, a counseling session this week, and uh, I was just, you know, doing what Pastor Paul does. You put me on a, a block, and I start just, I, I go, right? <clears throat> and we were talking about giving and this and that and everything, and I said, and by the way, you understand 
the tithing is not the same thing as charity. They just kind of looked at me and went, what? Well, sure, it's the same thing. No, it's not. Tithing is done because of your relationship with God. Charity is done because you want to look good. You want me to say that again? Tithing is done because of your relationship with God. Charity is done because you want to look good. Well, now, wait a minute, Pastor. I, you know, I, I give, I, I give charitable donations. Right. And you take credit for it when you file your tax returns, don't you? You want to look good. You want to get a break. And, yes, you can tithe in the community. See, everybody immediately takes that word and goes, oh my God, he's talking about tithing, he's talking about giving to church. Like hell, I'm talking about giving back because of your relationship to God to the world you live in. Yes, some of that ought to come to the church. As a matter of fact, I can tell you right now, Lance is going to love me for this, because one of the reasons that I don't ever talk about stewardship anymore is because if everybody had a relationship with God that included tithing, we would never have to talk about money in this church. Never. We would just simply be able to talk about ministry and look what's in front of us and do it. So yes, I will tell you this morning, that tithing is about your relationship with God and charity is because you want to look good. The miracle of the 5,000 feeding those people for the disciples was an act of charity and it was because they wanted to look good. But for Jesus, it was a tithe because of his relationship with God. God bless you.